Hi. Hello. Um, I got a text from you yesterday, and it was a uh, it was pretty cryptic. And you said you were going to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, the text message said this: three in the mo- I got it at three in the morning. Oh, uh-huh. oh, oh, but my phone was on airplane mode, so I didn't see it until later. So no worries. But uh-huh. but okay, reality TV. It's nuts. It's so psychological. <laughs> we can watch from the beginning. I think you would do well on the show. <laughs> and then he said these texts were meant for Daniel, but keeping it so I could ask you about it tomorrow, today. Yeah. So I actually was about to tweet about this. Um, so I'm start- I started watching the show. It's called The Circle. And have you heard of it? Um, no, but is it about a square? No. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's about so it's it's like it's it's like Big Brother, except the goal is um it's well it's a cash prize so all these contestants join the show, and their goal is to become the top influencer. So it's based all on social media. So the thing is, the contestants are all confined in their own little hotel room. They can't see each other. Uh, they can't hear each other. So all they can do is judge each other based on their profile picture and the content they choose to put out, which is very minimal. They do it like once a day. Plus they play all these like games and stuff to get to know each other. So the thing is, um, and generally like, so half the people are themselves and half the people are catfish catfishes Mm. so it's just really interesting um to see how people like it's just super interesting to see how people perceive themselves as well because they'll like go through a conversation be like oh my god that went really well and the other person's like okay this person's totally bullshitting me kind of thing so and then they kind of it's like yeah it's just each episode they up the ante and it's I just, so I texted Daniel because I was like, oh, I think you can do really well on the show because there's this one character, this one guy who's just like, he's like, I hate social media, but I'm here because I want to win this money. And, you know, this is everything I hate in real life. And he doesn't even have a social profile um, in real real life, but he's like doing really well because he chose to be his like authentic self, you know? Yeah. And he's like super lovable and people keep rating him really well. So you're like, oh, interesting. Like what? people tend to choose over and then it's also interesting to see who they think is a catfish you know so it's just really like it's just mind games all day and they're locked into this room by themselves so they're just like which actually what i found really nice is like they have they're in their hotel room but then since they don't have their access to their phone they only have access their only outlet is this tv screen that's it's quote unquote voice activated, but I think someone's like doing the typing for them because they can't even type. They have to be like, send message, say the message, explain the emojis, and then send, you know? So they can't really, they don't have any control over the typing. So it's all done like, like, I guess, I don't know, voice activatedly, whatever. But they're locked into like solitary confinement. But then they give them like all their, these hobby things. So then like people are all like, so whenever they catch the people in the apartment, they're like reading, they're cooking. And I don't know, for some reason, I was really drawn to that because I was like, it's crazy because when you don't have your phone, like everyone's just doing all this other stuff. Like this guy who you'd never think um, would draw was like, he's like this like Italian, like 
his name is Joey, you know, and he's like, he's like, I love my family, like all this stuff. And he just goes to the gym all the time. He's like drawing and sketching. And so, so it's like, there's this other aspect to it that I was found really interesting of like what people choose to entertain themselves. This is like before, you know, the phone and stuff. But this is like, it's kind of like, it feels really like, it's not like Big Brother where I feel like you're watching t- reality TV. Like that, yes, this is reality TV, but it's, it's actually, I feel more like, you know, when you're a scientist or something behind those like two way mirrors, like observation. Like I felt like that. I think because, because of all the psych, the games they choose to play, because everyone's in solitary confinement, not interacting with each other in person, you know? So it's just like, it feels kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyways, that's the show I was talking about. So, What caught me was when you said they're like judging each other's profile pictures. Uh-huh. Because that's something I do a lot. Um, have you ever like – so if, you're, if this is like a social media contest, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever like looked at someone's so, like, profile photo and just wonder like what the hell were they thinking? Like the, the one photo that you're going to use to uh, – to represent yourself. That, that's the photo. So that was something that, that was also mentioned on the show. It was just interesting too, because like they really analyzed like why they choose that photo, you know? And the person who actually chose that photo was like, this is a good photo. <laughs> but the thing is, this person was like, a, was a catfish and they're like, I'm using this person. And then they like had put all this filter. This photo had a lot of filters on it. They put it up. And of course everyone right away was like, Oh, this is strange, you know? Um, but that person who put it up had not, I mean, didn't cross their mind. So I think really a lot of people, um, and also like people talk through what photo they want to put up. They had to talk through the process, which was really, really interesting because you're like, I don't realize that, but I guess when I'm putting up photos, I mean, obviously you're thinking about what you're putting on, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to choose this one, but it's not, it's not so much, oh, I'm going to choose this one because I like it. Like, I think it's for, this is definitely why I'm not influencer because I just post whatever, <laughs> uh, but but you, but, you've, but, like, you, but def- even you've had like, you've always had good profile photos. Like they're not like, oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, there's this whole, like, what do I, it's all about what do I want people to, they keep, it's like the first impression, that's what they say. Like, this is the first impression, um, and what, how do I want to be perceived, you know, and, um, and it's interesting because the first person that got booted off the show, she's, she had a, I guess, a sexy picture of her face, and she's like, her profile said, like, I'm a, I'm a model, I do this and that and that, and everyone right away was like, huh, like, she's a model, you know, that she must be fake, you know, and, and it's funny, because she was like, I chose, I want to show my non-modely side, not, not in her description, but as, like, that was her uh, strategy, and it backfired, because apparently the profiles didn't match up too accurately, because they're like, oh, she's pretty, but she doesn't look like a model, you know, kind of thing, Um, so they were like, she has to be fake, and then turns out she was real, you know? So it was just kind of like, ooh, like, that was interesting. Like, so clearly her, she was like, I should not have, in retrospect, I shouldn't have even put, I'm a model on my description, you know? I should have just been like, just a normal girl, I don't know. But you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, yeah, like, I, it, it's definitely like, how do I want to be perceived? Um, and I did notice that I stopped using, fa- because I stopped using Facebook as a social media platform. Like I really just use it for 
my personal stuff, like I only upload, I change my profile like once in a while and I actually have a very specific theme that I do for Facebook um, with my pictures. <laughs> so it's, it's like, yeah. Um, what about you? Uh, I've had the same profile photo, I think it's just like 2016 or 2017. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, uh, it's, the, it's like me on my bicycle and, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I really like that picture. So, you know, I'm a simple guy when it comes to that. Like, you know what? This is good. Until I, I drastically look different from that photo, it's probably a, a much better photo is taken. I think I'm, I'm good with that one for, for the time being. Is this this is this the same um, as your Instagram one? Yes, yeah. It's like a, oh, okay. a, any okay. social media thing that I have. That's like mm-hmm. even my WeChat photo, like any photo where I use my real self. That's basically the picture mm-hmm. I use for everything. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely more, especially when I get something new, I'm like, oh, that's nice, and I'll change it. And actually, just the other day, I was thinking about completely unrelated to the show, like not being influenced by the show. I think it was before I watched it. I was thinking about my WhatsApp photos, and I was like, I think I get too personal on WhatsApp now because WhatsApp before, it was just – I was just talking to friends, so I would get kind of silly with the photos or be more like show more of myself. But I realized recently, like, oh, now, like, because a lot of coworkers we had to add each other on WhatsApp. So I was like, oh, these pictures, the coworkers are seeing that, you know? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want them to see that side of me. And I was actually kind of bummed, like, oh, no, I have to, I have to be more censored, but which is fine, but I feel like I have to do that, you know? So there was this conscious choice of like, I'm exposing, this is a side I don't want them to see about myself. And um, same with Instagram. I ended up making my Instagram private, like, after this job. <laughs> so, well, like, everything's private now. Yeah, because I was like, I suddenly just felt, was like, I don't feel like sharing that to people anymore, you know, because before I was like, yeah, whatever. And now I'm like, oh, these people are really looking. Like, they like to look and they don't post anything, you know, and then they they're the lurkers and stuff and not to say like and in a way it felt like i don't get to see how you are but you get to see all, all of me you know it's like no so i like yeah i've actually blocked coworkers now i just blocked a couple um yeah nice <laughs> oh, i was about to say um yeah most of my photos are still the bicycle one but i've recently updated a mm-hmm. lot uh based on a the, the the avatar daniel made for me when i was in switzerland mm. Yes, I saw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I view. Yeah, so that's you know I've changed that to my Twitter one. That's my WhatsApp mm-hmm. photo. Even a lot of like the like a lot of like the apps we use at work, like Asana. <laughs> I've yeah. all turned it into the Daniel avatar. I use that as well, my Daniel avatar for my work stuff because I feel like that's enough. That's like the perfect amount of look at me. I I'm interesting, but. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> no. And this, I like this photo, you know, like it's nice. and But it doesn't say too much about me. That's how I perceive this, the avatar. So, yeah. I think we need to start like almost like an avatar gang, like a Daniel avatar gang. Like we all have like, the three of us have the same similar photos on Twitter. Yeah, I think, um, well, definitely every year now I tell them like, Hey, can you update my photo? Because I don't look like this anymore. I mean, you were there when he was updating it. Because (laughs) for me, it's like, it's just fun to change it. Like, and I want to eventually look back on all the (laughs) ways I looked in all the different colors, you know? And yeah, so (laughs) I I really like it. 
Yeah, I think I will do that too. Like, like I, I used the template he started and kind of changed it a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, yeah. I, I got mm-hmm. that same app and had fun with it, A-Sprite. So, yeah. so, you know, when I got back, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, because then you can make yourself like different, like, like today or like this season I'm wearing a hat, you know, in summer. Or like it's summer, I'm giving myself sunglasses. Actually, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends was like i like it but it needs a flannel shirt underneath now <laughs> wait do you have oh it's just our heads hunt we don't have like necks and stuff maybe that could be a future version you know Ooh, daniel yes, if yes, you're yes. listening or if you eventually listen to this episode you could uh take note <laughs> perhaps give us a neck <laughs> and shoulders <laughs> He's actually um right behind me. He's sleeping. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so um, it's funny because you're talking about like profile photos also. Like, so I've been on Tinder and um, OkCupid mm. a lot lately, and Ooh, um, mm-hmm. I've I've definitely swiped left on people, even if they were attractive. I just thought like, what could be going through your mind to have this as your first photo? And this is just definitely not someone I want to meet. And I would just, yeah, they're out immediately. Yeah, actually, that's a big thing for me as well. It's like, you definitely look attractive. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think our lifestyles would match, you know, or I don't think our personalities would get along. Or I, I don't think I would like you as a person, you know, basically. Um, uh, what were oh wait no no tell me how's it been on on the dating apps again uh okay so it's twofold so dating has been interesting um since i've got back from switzerland um i've gone out with two girls uh one girl was a vegan Mm -hmm. and uh it was something i was like i've never actually gone out with a vegan before and it's, yeah. it's, and, and, you know, with coronavirus and a lot of restaurants closed, it's, it's hard to find a vegan restaurant open. <laughs> so she chose oh, it. Shit. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay. And, like, it was pretty cool because she was really passionate about being vegan. Like, she was like, the whole uh-huh. time she was just basically talking about how she like, is for animals and she's into farming, um, which is really cool. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. I was like, yeah, for you, that's cool. Um, but then, like, I think two days later, she texted me. And, it, and, it, and then it started becoming a little preachy. Like she, she sent me like, Ooh. and this is basically where I decided I'm never going to see her again. Like it was like, it, it was, it was fun, fun enough seeing her the first time, but she sent me a video that to me was almost insulting. It was basically a video of why people should not eat cheese anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is pretty like, I mean, were you texting and then she's like, oh, let me, sh-, or she was just like. Here's a video of why you should eat cheese because you love pizza so much. Exactly. It was that. It was basically we – were. I think we were just shooting the breeze about something fun. Uh, I think she sent me photos of like this dog she – her friends have that we were talking about. And then uh, and then at the end of it, it was like, uh, this video, why you should never eat cheese. And I, and I replied kind of like straightforward like, ha-ha, but I will never stop eating cheese. And then I replied with a, a gif of like a grilled cheese sandwich like stretching out. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. And, then, and, yeah. then, and then she just like a cold – she replied the cold thumbs up. And like I think we both knew at that point like it's, we're never going to message each other again. Ugh. Ugh, I don't like it when um, – because I actually I have a lot of vegan friends and they don't really – the only time vegan 
Nism is ever really mentioned is if we're deciding what to eat. <laughs> That's about it. But yeah, because I think no one likes it when people, nobody likes it. Nobody likes to be preached at. No, exactly. You know, like, ugh. And, um, ugh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm actually very against being vegan, but would I, would I preach that out to a vegan person? No, because it's like what works for them is good. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I just felt very friendly, like even a ch- and you know you know yeah you know me I love pizza so I was just like there's no like I could give up meat before giving up cheese. Yeah, I but yeah, that's kind of like the one thing that's yeah that's super insulting where it's like yeah I love this thing and they're like like it's like if someone tells me I'm like oh I love eggs and then they're like here's videos of chickens dying like here you go it's like I know this happens but. Fuck. <laughs> like, I didn't need to see that. And I'm not going to stop eating eggs. I'm sorry. You know, like I'm like, you know, send me to, straight to hell. But I'm going <laughs> to eat the eggs. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Like, my, yeah. My argument for that, I don't know if it's the strongest or the ethical one. But so I do think in an ideal world, it would be a better way to like kill animals instead of like, these mass kill, kill farms that we have. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand. If lions had a way to put humans in kill farms and eat them in, 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 with in infinite amounts, they would. They would do it to us in a second if they could. <laughs> we, 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 we just have they would they, right. They would not care care about being ethical to us, and we we just happen to be on top of nature's food chain, and and by that, I just think it gives us the right to do it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not ethical. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's more like I understand. I see it. I almost I just ignore it, but also just it's not so much ignoring. It's just like at the moment, um, I mean, the what about all the eggs that are like at the supermarket right now? Who's going to eat them? You know, it's going to go to waste. I have to eat them. Yeah, I mean, if they're being made <laughs> anyway. Even me. Even me as well. It's like this. Well, the animal's dead now. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, yeah. And until everyone decides, I like everybody or like a whole country or something, where they're like, we're gonna go vegan or vegetarian, and then stop these mass farms. Like, also probably because I live in Switzerland, I think I'm a little bit lucky about it because they they don't have them here. So there's a little there's on my conscience. I'm a bit like. It's okay. I, I'm not supporting these. Well, let's be you know, honest. If you, if you were back in the states, your conscience would not be oh. killing you at all. Yeah, I think I would probably be like, "All right, I'll eat meat once a week," which is what I do anyway. Like, I don't eat that much meat, you know. I think also because I, I also see like, well, to be honest, I don't think I'm like one of the top meat eaters of you know the world so i think i'm good like i don't think i'm contributing as much damage you know and yeah so uh yeah this is our, our our logic our justifications Basically, for our lifestyles yeah i should just record i should just send this whole part of the podcast to uh that that uh like that, that tinder girl and be like you should be no you should have a, a video a counter video like actually this is why i should eat cheese <laughs> You know, what about all the what about the cheese? It's gonna just go bad. I don't know. Like, I don't know. So, um, I've also been going out. Um, actually, this person is much cooler. Um, she's like she's half Chinese, half Spanish, 
And okay. yeah, we've gone out like three times now. Um, she's Ooh. she's she's not vegan. And, okay. Um, yeah, um, that's actually yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty good time. Um, yeah, um, we'll probably do something this coming week. So. Um, it's great. Uh, I don't really want to get super serious with someone right now because. Mm-hmm. So I actually went out with my with ex Bay this weekend for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And oof, I kind of I kind I I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing because it was like we basically pretended to be back together. <gasps> no. Yeah, we were, just, and it was a really romantic birthday night, and then um, basically the next. You know, when she went home that evening, because um, like no one could really, there's like coronavirus rules here where you can't have people sleep over right now. So she had yeah. to go home and dude, I got so depressed. I felt like, I felt like I was like thrown back into January again. Oh man. Yeah. So ha- have you guys been like, I mean, so I'm assuming you guys have still been texting and regularly or is it just sporadically or is it just oh this is your her birthday let's do something like just this once like maybe we text like once a week would you would you consider that regularly i mean it's once per week since yes like it's <laughs> yeah. not every day but it's regularly it's regulated yeah and then when we text it's still like uh-huh. hey, like hey babe how's it going like she says uh, she sounds like okay. that and whew, I, dude, I was, I'm not, I was actually crying Friday night after it. Like I was a little oh, drunk, no. but oof, it was, uh, yeah. Oh it was, man. It, Sorry. It, and, and it's funny cause you know, and the thing is, you, you know me, I've always been a guy who kind of enjoyed freedom. I've never been a, you know, this is like the, probably the longest relationship I've been in since you've known me. And yes. wow, I'm actually dealing with real emotion. Like I could not get out of bed on like, Saturday when I woke up, like. I was like, wow, these are the feelings I hear people talk about. This is what heartbreak is. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is that misery. Is this? I've never... <laughs> it's a strange, unpleasant tingle in my chest. Um, oh, man. that I mean, that really sucks. I'm sorry. I understand. It really, it's tough. Um, and I'm, I think because it's their first, it's like your first, this is, this is your first I don't want to use the word real relationship, but your first, like, I mean, it's a sizable relationship. You know, there was a lot of emotional investment. Okay, I think if you, like, having, being a single person for a long time, there's that commitment, that investment isn't there, you know? So this is definitely something you've put your heart into. And, um, I mean, for me, as, like, a human to human, I'm like, I'm glad you're feeling these feelings, you know? Like, that's good. Broaden that range of uh, your emotional capacity. That's good for you. As a friend, I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I'm also concerned <laughs> because wait, does she know that you're seeing other people? Yeah, she did ask me that. Like, we were on the phone. Okay. She asked me like, oh, have I gone out on any dates? And I told her. Um, this was when she asked me. This was before I had met the Spanish girl, so I just gone out with the vegan. So I said, "Yeah, I have gone out." And then she basically was like, "Ha ha, I knew it." And uh, oh, okay. yeah, um, yeah, I'm, and I'm, you know, I mean, it's not wrong, so I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't like to lie. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna lie about it. Yeah. Um, okay, but okay, okay. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so are you going to keep texting her? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, uh, well, I'm hoping it's weird because I, it's like, it, it was weird because we broke up because we just want different things. And, oh, shit. <laughs> that spider. I figured it Daniel, was. Daniel, sorry, please ha- handle that. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, you, I told you before, like when Switzerland, how we broke up because we just want different things in the in the future. So mm-hmm. basically, it was a breakup where no one kind of fucked up, so we still really like each other. And, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, no one's pissed off at the other person. So mm-hmm. it, it is hard. So it's, it's like I definitely, in a way, know it's best if we don't keep text, texting each other. Even though mm-hmm. I do want to find reasons to see her, um, and I know I know mm-hmm. her birthday coming up was like, you know she she's she had actually been pretty good and not been going out during like this virus time. So I, I you know I wanted mm-hmm. to take her out for her birthday because she hasn't really been seeing anybody, and mm-hmm. you know I you know for your birthday I think that should be something celebrated. Yeah. So uh, since there's nothing yeah. re- there's nothing really in the horizon, I think I p- we probably won't see each other for a while after this. Mm, okay, okay. Well, let's see what happens. Um, but yeah, just stay strong. <laughs> That's all I can <laughs> offer. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. <clears throat> yeah, and I and I think really just seeing other people. They always say, I mean, not to be like. You know, they always say just replace another person with another person, you know, but it's really, it's not so much that it's just like, for me, it was, I mean, that's how I met Daniel, first of all, but also the idea of like, I mean, it's like, there's so, you know, it's just to get your mind off of distraction, you know, and also just, I think it's good to like realize, yeah, there's, there's so many people out there, you know, and to be not even to date, just to meet be friends with like whatever you know you can meet somebody and then they just help you through this and you don't even date them i don't know like you don't you never know so i think it's good to like i think the days of like so pre-social media pre-dating apps and stuff when old school times i feel like back then people would be like oh you just got out of a relationship you should wait like couple months or a year before you date again and if you date any sooner you're like like you're super promiscuous you're slutty or whatever you know but i think those days are like dead and stuff because we don't like yeah it's crazy how i realize like it's so crazy how because of social media influence how people navigate through even friendships you know, where you're just kind of like, I don't need this anymore. I like, I'm talking about myself now, like with people, um, like, I don't need this friendship anymore. And there's so many better things out there, you know, there's just so many other people I'd rather spend my time with. So yeah, I can cut this person out. I can leave this person out of my life, you know? And I think back then when there's less access to people, it almost makes me sound super shallow, like, oh, we're just a bunch of numbers. But we kind of are, you know? Like, we're still, like, there's so many, like, you could quantify as however you want. Like, I feel like back then, it was harder to leave people because you're just, like, over, it's, it's it's like, I don't know anybody. There's no, there's, it's like a ocean, a blank ocean of stuff. It's scary, you know? And then when you start to see just 
faces and faces and faces. You're like, oh, wow, it's actually, there's so many people. Like, it's okay. Like, I'll be fine. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm hearing a lot of fuzz, like a lot of noise coming from you from the, from the whole thing right there. Okay. Well, I was very using my hands. Oh. No, no, I'm now no longer using my hands. <laughs> I was standing. I was sitting. It was just a very like animated moment. Okay. No, you're, and you're right. You're right. And, uh, um, I mean, it's been fun dating again and, uh, you know, it's like part of me, it's, it's part, it's part of, it's, it's funny because part of me, I could still turn that on. Like I could still have fun. Um, yeah. you know, me and her, we, we know, yeah, we've gone around, we, we, we've been hanging out and, uh, and then it's just like, but then when I went, when I went back to see Bay again, it just, oh, I just kind of just myself, I guess a different part of mm. me just switched back on again or. Yeah, because you have that connection now, you know, that I think you've never, <laughs> you've never shared with someone else, you know, it's like, yeah, it really is. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Aww. You know, being, being the, I'm not like the, I'm not like the free guy on the bicycle <laughs> doing whatever I want right now. It's like, <laughs> Oh no, are you going to change your profile picture? I know. <laughs> I like, fell in love. And, I fell in love. And this is what love did to me. <laughs> love has crushed my spirit. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I always feel like with these kinds of things, especially like for me also, like if this was like a toxic relationship, okay, sorry, using my hands. <laughs> if this was a toxic relationship, I think I would have been more like, oh, uh, like, oh no, something has to, you know, you, you know, but at the same time, I feel like everyone, like all breakups, all these things, it's like, <clears throat> even with toxic stuff, unless a person reaches out for help and stuff, I feel like. You can handle it. Like, we can all handle these situations. And we're basically mapping out, like, a new... We're, like, creating a new map in our brain, you know, of how to navigate these situations in the future. And this is all good stuff. You know, as shitty as it feels, as terrible as it feels, you know, because I've had really some really bad days this past week, the past couple weeks, you know, and sometimes you're just like, fuck, I can't see the light. But... Tomorrow's another day, and yeah, like every day you're gonna figure it out. And even if you don't figure it out, even if you fall back or something, that's just you're just teaching yourself. Like a, you're giving yourself a new experience that you know, like that you can f- navigate later, kind of thing. So that's why I also feel like I there's it's hard to give advice to people when it comes to these kinds of things because it's like it's your experience and you're not gonna die. It's gonna be okay. You know, it's gonna suck. But that's part of just being alive, I would say. No, I agree, and I, I know, I, I know. It's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like feeling like this forever. And uh, actually, mm-hmm. I, I don't. It's something I don't want to get over immediately. I, I kind of want to live in the sadness for a while. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. The Vince, Vince sadness. Yeah, the yes. yeah, <laughs> the Vince sadness. <laughs> the name of the episode right there. Um, I think we have it, guys. I think we have it, folks. The name of this podcast. Yeah. Um, the Vince sadness, you know, just, uh, um, yeah, after I took her out to dinner, I, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I put on a, one of my favorite albums by the Mountain Goats, which is basically mm-hmm. my, my favorite band, the Mountain Goats, which I put on his album, Get Lonely, which is basically his breakup album. 
And okay. uh, it's, it's, you know, it's about like, like one of the, one of my, uh, one of, one of my favorite songs is called half dead, which is basically Aww. this, basically it's about this guy who, you know, the main, the main character, he broke up and it's just him like, Oh, she left, live, she's not leaving with him anymore. So it's just him like waking up, having coffee alone, cleaning his house. And, uh, and it's just like, wow, that's what it really feels like. This is like, it's, and, uh, yeah, you're like, I could be, that's what he was singing about this whole time. And now I get it. Yeah. And uh, folks, okay. that'll probably be the ending of the song for this episode. So you can, you guys okay. can hear it. Um, <laughs> and then yes, what last night I, yeah, I eventually did get out of bed and I, I worked a little bit during the day. And, and then I, I kind of just like went out to a bar by myself and uh listen to some podcasts ha- had a drink mm-hmm. um i just kind of need yeah i didn't really want to see anybody i went to an- another bar and the bartender was really cool and uh uh it was it was kind of a a nice melancholy night alone like not not mm-hmm. not like sad drinking alone but it was like just i i was sad but wanted to be alone and uh you know uh i, I uh met this uh this old Chi- this old middle-aged chinese guy at the bar and like I, I used my bad Chinese and his bad English and he told me about how he went to like uh what is it, like a burning man back in the day and uh oh wow and all the drugs he did which was pretty funny mm-hmm. um so it was actually like it was actually a pretty cool night just like meeting mm-hmm. meeting other dudes yeah meeting other dudes and just having some <clears throat> some you time but actually this is what I I really admire about you is that I think I mentioned it before when you get into the sadness you like really you accept it you really like absorb it but also you just are like like I realize when I do these things I have this guilt this lingering guilt this guilt that I should not be feeling like this you know and that's actually what gets me I mean that's actually what the bad feeling is it's not so much I'm sad but I feel guilty for being sad and I like that you just you're just like no like this is my, I need this, you know, and this, this is actually part of your healing. You know, you're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to just do what I want to do. And yeah, I'm sad, but I'm going to have a melancholic, a melancholic night out, you know? And it felt very just pure, like without guilt. <laughs> That's yeah. what I heard from your story. And I like that. And I want to adopt that into my life. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I would think, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I would recommend try your best. Um, there's never any guilt. The feeling bad. Mm. I, 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 society always says, you know, always be positive, and I think that's very, that's almost insane. To be honest, like, <laughs> that is yes. If you think about it, it's fucking crazy. It is, yeah. Like because how, <laughs> how can you like all the time? At all times, you know, like, I think that's actually been my problem. Um, so I had like a falling out with someone at work. Um, actually you met this person. Uh, I don't want to get too much into detail cause I don't know if they will listen to this. I don't know, but, um, yeah. And it was really hard because this person was my main ally at work and the falling out was kind of, it wasn't ugly but it was just kind of really bizarre like I didn't see it coming at all and it was for something I didn't think I did wrong but apparently it was enough to like not be friends anymore so and this is at work so now work is extra miserable because I had this one friend and now I don't have this friend 
So, which but actually it was quite interesting because now that everything's, there's no good thing about work. I kind of go in there and I'm like, I just, I actually do try to make the book the best of it because I'm like, well, I have to keep a positive outlook. Otherwise I will be so fucking miserable. Like, this entire week because I come to work every day. So I do save that positive. I have this little like, I guess, reserve of positive energy that I definitely unleash during the day because I need it. Mm-hmm. And then when I come home, it's gone, you know, and then I'm like upset because I can't regenerate more positive energy. And I got really sad on Friday. I was just so sad. I was crying. I was just like really miserable and feeling really shitty about it. And now when I'm tell- retelling the story to you, I'm like, well, yeah, because how can I have, how can I be 100% positive forever? You know, like I can't do that. I gave all the energy away, like just trying to survive the day. And now at night I'm tired, I'm out, you know, and I should, but I was feeling, I was beating myself up because I was like, you're not positive enough, you know, like you need to get back in there. It's like, but I'm empty, you know, and I... Now, hearing all, thinking about all this stuff, it's like, yeah, you can't expect, you can't be positive all the time. That's just not humanly possible. Yeah. And if you are, you're probably lying to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're just like, I don't know, just blessed. I don't know. But yeah. It's even like, I think when I initially broke up with Bay, like someone was saying, oh, you should do this to just feel better. And I I did this like, uh. I was like, yeah, why, why, why should I try to feel better? Like, wh- why do people always think we need to, like, search out these avenues to feel good? It's like this, uh, like, like, master, like, almost like a, uh, like, you know, like, it's almost like this masturbating type culture where we always have to search out ways to feel good um, yeah. or comfort. It's like, you know, like, you know, live, you know, those, uh, we've talked about this in the podcast, you know. Those uh, those shitty feelings are are just as valid. Yes, that's so true. And I do find myself in that way of like, and that's why we have, that's why we have addictions. You know, that's why we have, like, my problem is I want to spend money. You know, like, I want to buy stuff because I want to feel, I want to feel that temporary joy. You know, I need more, what is it, endorphins or dopamine, whatever dose I need to feel good. Yeah, and I think, like, if you just accept... No, like you don't have to. You, yeah, I'm not getting that hit of dopamine, and <laughs> it's okay. Like fuck, like then maybe I wouldn't be spending all this money, you know. And I think like these days I'm just trying to just stop myself because I'm like, are you doing this because you actually need it, or you just want to feel that buzz of like what is it post uh, buyer's buzz? I don't know, and it's a buy yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's good. Uh, do you want to have a bigasm or, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I feel like we're just, that's how it is, you know? And even with social media, that's part of the problem. Like I think now we're more because of the, how it works, you know, with the, with the likes and all that shit, like, especially watching the show as well. Like the people, like that one guy who's like, this is everything I hate. And he literally was like, Oh wow. And one night I became everything I hate in in reality, you know? And after he was like laughing about it, but you see like how people change. I'm, I mean, to be fair, they're winning, they're tra- they're competing for a hundred thousand dollars. So I would totally like do that as well. But it's like, but I think at a certain point, like the cash prize is like, they're, I mean, 
it's like not even about that anymore. It's about like, oh my God, don't, nobody likes me. And are like, oh, I need to try harder. It's like this whole thing of like, I need to try harder to get likes so I could get that hit. Otherwise I'm not, you know, whatever. And just like this cycle of, um, yeah. So I, I think maybe like after this conversation, I think this week I'm going to practice the art of being okay with not being happy, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. And be okay with it and not feel guilty about it because Yeah. And um, it's pretty funny when like people ask, "Oh, how's it going today?" The times when you are feeling bad, and like I've done that, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm actually." It's like it throws people off when it's crazy when I say, oh, "I'm feeling pretty terrible today." It's a, it's funny how like thrown up. You're like, "What? What?" Like, you know. I remember. Oh. This is something I always remember about you. Is like, I think we actually talked about it in a previous podcast where you hate it when people when you say, "Hey, how are you?" You hate giving that. I'm fine, you know, kind of answer. And you always go for the truth. And people are actually kind of surprised because no one actually expects that. <laughs> yeah. What's an automatic response? I'm good, you? That's what. That's uh-huh. basically it. And it's, it's like, if you're going to ask me, I'm just going to say like, yeah, how, how, how it really is. You, you, and usually it's not mm-hmm. a bad result. It's like, you know, I had my coffee, so I'm feeling pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, I'm very pro. If I ever ran for politics, that would be my political platform. Like, accept the negative shit. (laughs) (laughs) Accept the negative shit. Okay, I'll think about what would mine be. I'll think about it throughout the podcast. Um, That's that's interesting. Yeah, actually, my favorite saying now, um, which I actually find my favorite German phrase at the moment is, so when someone asks you, how are you? So usually people say, I'm good, and you, or like, eh, whatever kind of thing. But there's one word that says, it means, it says, it's es get, which means it's going. And it's like a positive way to express that things are not great. (laughs) (laughs) And I find that super honest because for me, I actually don't like to divulge too much because I feel like it depends who you're talking to, but... If you're telling someone, like, especially the people at my work where I don't want to know anything about me, if I say, oh, things are not good, it would provoke questions and stuff. So I usually, so then I I usually say now I'm okay because that to me means I'm not doing amazing, like, you know, but, uh, but what I like about Esquets is like, it's a good, it's a good answer for people. Oh, okay. Like it's going, but it's like positive, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's less it's more honest, but less like fake. I don't yeah. know. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I do like that phrase a lot. Oh, I might, I might try that one out. You know, it's going, it's going yeah. almost gone. Yeah. It's going, it's today, you know, it's just today. It's <laughs> 20. We've got tw- 12 more hours, you know, let's, let's do this. <laughs> uh, All right. So, uh, uh, okay. So, uh, so, uh, you know, so that that's a that's my uh my uh, love life falling apart, and uh, um, you went to London. I did. Yeah. I went to <clears throat> so it was for a work party uh, at first. So we had it was oh, they said a world party. So it was like all these people from everywhere. We gathered in um, this place called Bognor Regis, which is a decrepit. Um, <laughs> 
it almost felt like a ghost town of it's like a ghost amusement park actually they light it up in the evening but when we got there the first night it was like ooh, like wow okay um i mean it was an experience because i'll never see these people again and i'll never go to this place again so i made the best of it um, so the best part was leaving the work part. That, so on Friday, I went to Brighton by myself. That was really great. I got a hotel, did not get the bathtub I wanted, whatever. But it was the first time I've ever kind of splurged on myself and got a hotel. I mean, it wasn't super expensive, first of all. But I normally go for like a hostel or an Airbnb because I want to save money. But in Brighton, in this region, like, all the Airbnbs you have to kind of live with somebody and they'll be there. And I'm like, I don't, I want to be, actually want to be in the hotel room most of the time. You know, I want to be not outside most of the time. So I was like, I don't want to be with a family. I don't want to hang out with people and feel like, oh, we've got to hang out now, you know? So Could I use your bathroom? Yeah, or they're, they're going to be like, oh, because like, I was reading reviews of some of these people, and they were very nice. Like, they were like, oh, they took me out, you know, they did this and that, suggested this and that. And I was like, I don't want someone pressuring me and being like, you should go here. Like, you know, like, I don't want that. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm just going to get a hotel. And it was the best decision ever. Something where I was like, I need more of this in my future, you know, where I just go somewhere by myself have a hotel like because basically I went out during the day I went shopping I came back um in the afternoon and I just got into my pajamas and I just watched tv for like eight hours or <laughs> however long and Amazing. I, I ordered takeaway yeah I got food delivered I was just in bed I fell asleep till like two in the morning like watching ghost shows which I fucking love like it was all my guilty pleasures like everything where I was like no judgment here I could do whatever the fuck I want you know and I loved it. And it was something that I felt like I needed for so long, you know? Um, yeah. So I, and I was even like, wow, even if I, I don't go to London, maybe like I have a weekend where I just go somewhere in Switzerland and just like, I mean, it's way more expensive. So probably not, but you know what I mean? Like just do that. It's, it's, it's really good. And the next day I went to London and then I saw some friends that I actually met I used to hang out with in Hong Kong. So it was like a little Hong Kong reunion. That was really fun um, to see where everyone, the, how everyone is now and stuff. Yeah. So it was a good like me slash past like reunion type trip. Very short, but I, it was nice, you know, especially I was having pretty shitty weeks that period of time. So it was nice to kind of like have some time to myself. And also like what I, I really like meeting people from my past um, because it always reminds me like, yeah, people like me. <laughs> <laughs> they like me enough that they want to see me again. Wait, you know? Why and do you need I'm that? Like, Wait, what do you, of course people like you, Paige. We, I'm so surprised you need the reminder. You have like, I think, you, I th- well, you have so many, like, I mean, you have, I mean, all the friends that I know that are friends, everyone thinks you're like the best. Aww. Yeah, but the problem is right now, it's like, because at work, people don't like me, you know, <laughs> so you're in this surrounding of like eight hours a day, five days a week of people, like the friend like decides to ignore me and then just kind of you're just like, what did I do, you know? And I was like, I was just myself. I kept wanting to, and I had this thing, which I'm trying to like throw away out of my system, where if someone stops talking to me, I feel the need to fix it. I feel the need to apologize. But I look back 
at the turn of events. And I was like, I did nothing wrong. I was like, you are not apologizing no matter what. Do not give in to this. Do not feel bad. You did nothing wrong. But then that, so I'm kind of in this weird, like, uh, what is it? Um, limbo right now where I'm like trying to be this new, like, bolder me of like yeah i didn't do anything wrong so fuck up fuck you you know <laughs> like don't, like you're bitch and stuff but so old me is like oh no like what i do and stuff and then also just being immersed in this toxic environment and like i was like no one appreciates my work you know all this stuff and i feel like i just felt like i know and i have to remind myself like no people do like me like people like me you know i have friends like I'm loved, you know, because I feel like on the day to day, it's quite isolating, actually, when you're just, yeah, like, this is my reality. Like, what is it over 80, like 80%? This is my reality of places where people think I'm not good enough, or I fucked up, or I did this wrong, or did that. And then all the other people that do care about me and love me are like, not here with me, you know, so it feels a bit like, like, actually, yesterday, I went to see another friend in Basel. And that was really nice to be like, they love me. You know, I got a nice hug and they want to hang out with me. You know, stuff like that where, like, yeah, so. It is a, that is interesting <laughs> when it's like, yeah, like, it is kind of, we do have a messed up life system where we, we have to spend 80% of time at, like, jobs instead of, like, with our, peop- with our people. It really, it, yeah, it really, right? I mean, see, this is why my dream is to have a big friend house and just have everyone live together. Just to, like, just Hell to, yeah. th- that is the ultimate dream. Just to like have nonstop support. That's what, like, I'm all about, like, I'm all about that. I'm all about support community. And that's another thing. Like, I feel like if I had people like that closer within my reach all the time, because I know a lot of people are busy. I can't hang out with people all the time. And also, I've gotten to this habit, which I, this is my new thing now. Like I block out my calendar days for myself because I feel like that is really important. I need that recharge days, but I also want to make sure I don't, I always hang out with people because I have this habit to be like, oh, I don't want to go and see them. I'm tired. But if it's a good friend, I will make time to see them now, you know? So it's like, I have that balance of myself, but also good friends, you know, because it's like, yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, you do forget, you know, if this is your reality where you're not good enough. And, yeah, it feels like this weird psychological, like, what is it? Like, experiment or something, you know? Like, where you can take a, per- a person who's super confident and everything and then drop them into, like, a place where everyone hates them, you know? And it's like, see how, you know, how, how, how long can confidence, like, take you, you know? I don't know. So... Yeah, I feel like that's what I lacked. And actually, that was something I realized with this friend. I was like, this is not a friend. Like, friends don't treat each other like this. You know, friends don't bring each other down or basically, like, yeah, friends are mean, first of all, you know. So, and that was something I feel like if I had, if I was, if I had my community, I would have spotted that right away and been like, what the fuck? You know, but I didn't have that. So it was a bit like, it's kind of like, yeah, when you're like in a, in a bad place, the one nice person in there suddenly is the nicest person when they're actually not, you know what I mean? It's like, there was no comparison. There was no like thing for me to realize. And I feel like this has been as shitty as it's been. It's been such 
an eye-opening experience where now I'm like, if I, like, I, I used to think like, oh, red flags, all that stuff was only for romantic relationships and stuff. It's like, no, like, you never know who's going to walk into your life and you never know who that person's going to be. And you never know that person's going to be like a good person or just someone who's not good for you, you know? And yeah. And I think I definitely, hopefully I'm a little less naive about it, which is, I mean, I think it's true because now I'm, unfortunately I'm, I'm now more closed off to new people, which I think is, it's fine. (laughs) Like what am I supposed to do? You know, like, yeah. So because I already have my good friends. I don't need to. That's the thing. I already have a lot of good people in my life and I don't, I don't need to prove myself to other people, you know? So, you know, when, when you, when you said that part about like, uh, you know, drop, getting a, a very confident person and dropping them, dropping them in somewhere where everybody hates, hates them. Um, I suddenly had a flash to that scene. Uh, did you ever watch that movie Watchmen? Yes, which I vaguely remember. Yes. So remember the character Warshak? He's the guy who had like the. Uh, 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 I think this is the one scene I remember. You know who he is, right? Warsh- he wears the mask. Yeah. So there's that yeah. scene where like he gets caught and thrown into prison, and, uh-huh. and basically all the prisoners are kind of fucking with him, and he's like, "You all think that I'm locked in here with you? No, you're locked in here with me!" And he just starts kicking everyone's ass. I remember that scene and actually really this past week I was on Facebook and apparently I don't know if Bruce Lee said this, but that was a Bruce Lee quote where they, he quoted something like that. And I remember being like, yeah. And I was really trying to adopt that mentality, but I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know, you know, like maybe because Maybe because it's too, this place. I think that's why I'm so eager to leave this place because I'm like, it's too late to change. Like, for example, if you had a pot of poison, or like water, and there was slowly being poisoned, you know, sometimes if it's early enough, you can, okay, maybe water is not the best example. Like maybe, okay, a plant and there's mold growing. And when it's the early stages, you can like scoop out the mold and the plant will still grow. But if it's too deep, if it gets to the root, the plant's fucked. And that's how I feel now. Like, I'm like, I need to give up the fact that I can change the situation. Because, yeah, I I read that quote this week and was like, okay, that's awesome. I need to get that into my head. And I was like, I can't do it here. Like, I feel like the walls, everything is, like, already set in stone, you know? So I was like, I don't know. No, no. I could do it. I still have three weeks left. Yeah, like I feel like it's something, but that's the thing where I was like, because he was saying the Bruce Lee part, why ties in, he he mentions that, and he says like, that's how you get out of the victim mentality, where you're like, no, I'm not the victim here. You are the victim. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, what a spin. Yeah, I actually thought of that. And that, from Watchmen, that was the only scene I remembered and I found it very powerful. Wow. And he okay. was so, my favorite character. So you, yeah. you knew I was going to go there right now when I said that then. Yes. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. That was actually, that was my favorite. Only the all other stuff I remembered was the, the blue guy being naked all the time. That was all, that's the only stuff I remembered. But besides that, that was the only thing. Yeah. yeah. So, like, dude, put on some pants. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing on this planet? Just like contemplating naked. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that's a good outlook. I'm trying to uh, 
I want to try to. I didn't know that was a a, a Bruce Lee quote. Um, <laughs> to be fair, maybe it's not, and someone just put Bruce Lee's image under the quote and put Bruce Lee on it. I don't know. It's internet stuff, but I mean that was what I saw, oh. and I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. If you if you Google like Bruce Lee quotes, the only thing that pops up is the uh, "be water." Be, <laughs> so, be water. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he said other things, but yeah, be water. That's a good one too. It is. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one everyone hears. But so yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So wait, you're you're out of there in three more weeks. I think so. So the thing that's super strange is that my internship's supposed to end, yet my managers have not mentioned it at all. And I think they don't want to talk about it because I don't know. Like, I feel like, wouldn't you? I don't know. But I'm having my talk with her on Monday. So this is when I will tell her I'm because I I don't think they will hire me anyway. Um, If they do, I just I don't care about the money. I'm like, I need to get out of here. This place is not good. And I realized as I was working, I was like, I'd rather be down and out than work here. Like. This place has been so bad for me mentally that I'd rather be worried about money and freaking out than staying here and also worrying about money and freaking out. You know, so it's like a bit it was hard. I think that was the big thing, the big decision I had to make because I'm very used to just staying somewhere like I get comfortable. I don't like that uncertainty of not having a job. I've never had that. And so I'd rather stay somewhere for until I fucking can't anymore until like basically at my last job. I left. I walked out because I couldn't handle it anymore, you know? And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore where I'm like, I stay there until I break. It's like, no, I'd rather leave on my terms and figure it out later, which is something I've never done in my life. And it's really scary. And I think actually I did have a little breakdown on Friday because of it. Cause I was like, this is, it's really scary, you know, to suddenly being like, Oh fuck back to square one. I don't have enough savings, but fuck it. I'd rather do that than work with these people, you know? And I think I knew that for a long time. It was just, it was just about telling myself it's scary, but you have to do it because this place is slowly like it's poisoning me from the inside. You know, it's really bad for my mental health. It's, um, I mean, to the point where, yeah, like I've, like what I said earlier about, like, I have to remind myself that I am loved constantly because I forgot, like I'm just with these people who don't like me. So it's, you know, and then especially in a place where no one really likes you, start, you do start to wonder, am I really this great person? You know, like no one here likes me, but you're like, maybe everyone here fucking sucks too, you know? So it's okay. Um, yeah. So I'm just like, I need, and I want to start over so bad. I just need to get out of here. So regardless of what turns out on Monday, I'm saying I'm leaving. Um, yeah, my last day will be March 31st. I'm like saying all this, like I decided it and I don't know if, but yeah, like I decided it, you know, like they can't convince me otherwise. If they want to, they just give me more money and we can make a deal. We can work out a deal. We'll negotiate, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna fuck. No, I'm not staying any longer than I have to. Yeah. And then uh, next episode of Mutually Awkward, the tell-all episode where everything comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, the you know the, the Mutually Awkward's first theme song band, Fiddler, 
Um, mm-hmm. the, the name of the band stands for Fiddler, Fuck It Dog, Life's a Risk. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, I think... Okay, so this is how bad... Okay, this is how bad things have been. I started... I downloaded this app. It's basically a horoscope app. Oh, no. <laughs> That's when you know things are bad because I'm like... I'm confused. But I did read some stuff. It's not really... It's... They kind of make it not super horoscopy. It's not like every day you get this new horoscope, but it's not, it's actually not positive. It's pretty harsh. Um, <laughs> you're fucked. And I was, huh? It says you're fucked. Oh no. Yeah. Well, they're basically like, yeah, you have problems letting go, you know. And um, I mean, it wasn't like they don't say like, oh, this is how you are. It's like you could be like this. You could be like that. There's like three kind of possibilities. But anyways, so I was reading it and it was like. Yeah, you like let things fester. You're afraid to let go. You're afraid to like, and they're like, now is the time to let go. And it's very vague, but it was very everything I needed to hear. Where I was like, fuck, like, yeah, I'm like clinging onto this idea that I can make things work, or that my original idea of like staying at a job is like, that's just how it goes. It's like, no, like, I have to take this risk. Like, I have to do it because. I don't know. I just have to. I don't. I, and I felt like I've been scared for so long. And look how it's got me. Like actually, the biggest mistake I made was staying in this company for longer. And I, the only reason I did that was because I got comfortable and I was afraid to look for a new job. And I know that that was the main decision I made. And look what happened. You know. So it's like I don't want that to happen again. And so yeah, like the don't like. And I, in a way, I think this place had to max out so bad that I'm like, yes, I'm ready to go. You know, otherwise I probably would have stayed another year or something. I don't know. So, yeah, take the risk. Do it. Yep. Fuck it, dog. Life is a risk. Yes, I like that. I would have put that as my, um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I need to put that somewhere. <laughs> I should just put it, I'm going to write it somewhere. Oh, put it on my little, um, my chalkboard thing. Yeah. I need to see that. Oh, so yeah. speaking of which, that scene, um, did you watch Parasite? That was something we were supposed to watch when I was in town. Oh, my goodness. I sure did. I We saw it. Actually, so after the Oscars, um, they put it back in theaters for a bit. So I saw it in theaters. Whoa. Holy shit. Um, yeah. I was screaming Fucking at my TV. I, I screamed at my TV during certain scenes in that movie. I was very... I, okay. Interesting. I think it was super interesting to watch in the theater because people were laughing at certain parts I did not find funny and I was getting pissed. <laughs> so I was like whispering down, like, why are they laughing? You know? And it was just like, it was weird. Like it was just so, yeah, this movie, it was so, it was art. It was art. Like I feel like I haven't seen such a movie where you can add, it's so layered. It's so like, it was like this beautiful cake. I don't know. Like so <laughs> many layers, perfectly sliced. It was delicious. I ate it. It was so good, you know, and it had all the flavors, all the textures. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it was, I felt like I watched like an opera. It was, it was beautiful. And I mean, okay, let's go by it. Like, what what parts hit you? I want to <laughs> let's 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 analyze this beautiful cake. I mean, okay, uh, an amazing amazing look into you know, um, poor families, rich families. Who is the parasite? You think you you know you you know initially you might think the poor family are the you know they're the parasites, but are they really? 
There's yes. a yes, like, <laughs> no, like the cake. This is a cake with many layers, many layers, so many layers, and half. It's like it had two flavors. Like you, you're eating half the cake, you're like, oh, it's very sweet, and suddenly you're like, oh my god, it's this rich chocolate bitterness. I don't know. So. My sister, so after I watched this movie, my sister and I, we, we actually talked for an hour just analyzing the movie. And she made some points that really changed my mind. Yeah, because she was like, who's a real parasite? And she was saying, because in real life, a parasite, they have no idea. They're just like leeching off the host. And they have no idea what the host is actually going through. Which if you think about it, so this house, actually that was the most chilling, one of the most chilling things was... First of all, the big reveal <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> but the part when so the so when you see that guy who actually was my favorite out of everybody, I really liked that creepy guy. The basement guy? Because I thought Yes, because I thought he was such a good actor. <laughs> like <laughs> fucking scary. Like and then I always love to Google like the, the creepy actors in real life and be like, oh my god, they look so different. They look normal. Um Yeah, they're just a normal dude. Um but when he was like he manually operates the lights when the dad is walking up the stairs. So this whole time, dad fucking thinks, oh, this is sensor, light sensors, but it's a person pressing the button. So it's like this whole house, it's like function, like fueled by these people who are helping it. And then the rich people can live in oblivion of like how beautiful, like, ah, the sun is shining because of the the rain from yesterday when the rain affected the family before, you know what I mean? It was just like, Ooh, this that whole scene effect. of them walking this, home. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was so rough. And that was so like the way it was done. You were like, Oh my God, it really shows classism. Like you're just like, this is what it is. This is it right here. You know, like how many levels they had to go underground and like how just like, yeah. And the whole stench thing. Like I've also, wa- I've read so many like analysis as well and stuff about the movie, but like the whole thing about the guy's smell. That it's, was like, it smells really... like poor. Yeah. And then he, and there was actually a quote from the dad where he was like the driver. He's like, yeah, he's, Oh, he's really good about never crossing that line, but that smell crosses the line. And you're like, whoa like fuck yeah like this is so fucked up yeah it was um yeah it was a masterpiece um i was just thinking like the rich family initially looks like the victims but they do like a lot of messed up shit like first of all their their nanny i mean they think they think she has like you know this really contagious disease really deadly and they don't even ask if she's okay. They they, they try to they, they they just fight. You know they just get rid of people with with you know, with no thought. Like oh, yeah. Let, let, let's just uh, this is fight her for no reason. Like she didn't she work with them for like live with them for years and yeah they, yeah. they, they don't mm-hmm. not once they ask if she's doing okay or can we help mm-hmm. like and then even the driver they find they find the panties and they're like they don't even once just like ask like what ask what's up with him yeah. yeah but they would have just asked they would have figured it out like oh something else is going on here instead of um yeah all right just get rid of him really quickly um i think that's why the whole parasite part so you at first you think oh yeah they're just leeching off these rich people but you think about it you're like these people are so fucking rich like when they opened the fridge there were just bottles of water 
you know? And like these people are so rich that if food went missing, like they probably don't even notice. Like it wouldn't be of consequence to them. You know what I mean? Like that was the thing that I think they're so, that's why you start to realize, are they the parasite? Because they're not actually losing anything. You know what I mean? Like, cause a parasite would suck from the host, like actually they take away something. And these people, yeah, they're living at the house. They're eating the food, but the people are so rich. They don't, it, they don't lose anything out of it. Whereas the poor people, the rich are literally, they, everything is on the backs. Like the whole party scene where they're like, I just want to throw a big party. It was like, who put the party together? It was all the, the poor people, you know, the workers. And then everyone, and they were just like, I'm just going to do this and that. I'm just going to, and that scene where the dad was like telling the driver guy, like, with when they had the like the native headdresses on, and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna play this game and blah blah blah." And the guy didn't want to do it, and he got pissed. It was like, "Just think about this as your job, you know. This is your work, you know what I mean?" Like, and it really put him in place, kind of thing. Like, of you're here to do what I. And th- so you start to realize, like, are they the parasite when actually they're taking from these people's lives, you know? Like, because yeah, they're getting more money, but they're still fucking poor. And, and he's a driver. He's about, not. He's not. He's not a guy to dress up as an Indian. Like you can't. Yeah. Be like, like and it was just like they made them do all these other tasks. You know. Like it's just yeah. And then um oh shit I forgot oh oh actually very interesting. So okay so the towards the end so it was by the time the dad was like gone and the son was like writing the letter to the dad and he's like my goal is I'm dad I'm gonna be rich so I'm gonna buy that house and then get you out of it and stuff. You know, it was really funny. So that scene happened, and then Daniel thought the movie was over, so he left the theater the first time he watched it. And, of course, that wasn't the reality, right? Because if you watch the rest of the movie, that doesn't... So I was like, what the fuck? You basically saw two different movies, you know? Because <laughs> he was like, oh, that was a great ending. He got rich. Okay, cool. Let's go. And, um, actually, yeah, and I remember when the son says that whole scene, in my head, I was like, that's not real. Because I think for the... He, I think it was a very naive thought. Like he thought like, oh yeah, if I work hard enough, I'm just going to get super loaded to buy this expensive house. But it's like, even if he work his ass off, he will never be that rich. He might be just a couple more levels above ground, you know, but he will never be that rich. And I think that was a big statement on like, like social class was like, these people are so fucking rich. They were either, they had so much help or were born into wealth or something, you know, because the people at the very bottom, unless by some miracle, like you're never going to get that rich. And that dream is never going to happen. That was, for me, that was the ending of the movie. That's never going to happen. I mean, that that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's never going to see his dad again or something, you know, like something like that. Yeah. And I, you're talking about like living like in the bottom of the hole, like, yeah, going back to that scene when they're, when they're, when they're like, yeah, you know, they, after spending an evening having dinner, and you know, a picnic in the living room in that rich house, they had to like crawl back to their, to their their hole that's been completely destroyed and flooded. They lost everything they had. Yeah. Um, the daughter yeah. literally is like sitting on her toilet as it's like erupting with shit coming out, and the only thing, yeah. and the only thing that's like her saving grace is finding her hidden pack of cigarettes. Yeah, and then. Everyone like, yeah, actually the part that got me annoyed by when I went to the theater. So like they were all in the gym after the flood 
and the son said something like dad what's a plan or something and the dad says something there's like there is no plan like you think everyone decided that they're gonna spend the night at the gym tonight and like every people around the theater started giggling and i was like what's funny this is very i'm very distressed right now like this really really disturbed me and really and i just was like and a part of me felt like i was like it's interesting because i was watching this movie in switzerland yeah and i i feel like switzerland in a way it's so warped you know where like i mean that's why i'm here to be honest because yeah like remember when you were at my place and i was like yeah we're really poor right now and you were like this is not the apartment of a poor person you know and I was like, that's what it's like being in Switzerland. Like you can be, I mean, they kind of, you're kind of protected in that sense. You're never going to hit that rock bottom because there's systems in place that will keep you from, yeah, like I don't have to sell my shit. I don't, knock on wood. I don't have to sell my shit, you know, or move to a small apartment or something or whatever. I can still kind of maintain my life. Whereas in other countries, you can't do that. You know, like there's a huge gap. Like, even people like I know, like my sister, I think about her all the time because to me, she's like, she is the working class, working with like lower middle class or whatever class she's in, where this person got her degrees because everyone told her, if you just get your degrees, you'll get a better job. Got her all her degrees, got her jobs. It's, she's like, she's 30 years old. She's been working her whole life and still has to find more work to make ends meet, to afford an, a studio apartment in LA. And I think that's what's fucked up about society. And that's something you don't get that here, you know? So I think people didn't didn't feel that. So they were like, oh, funny. You know, we always say like, like, you know, so many people, the, the stats in America is like, so many people are just one flat tire away from being homeless. Fuck yes, that's the thing. And I feel like that's why I felt like here, these people are so removed from that reality that they could spare to laugh at the scene <laughs> I took it really personally, as <laughs> you can tell. I was so fucking livid. I was livid. And I remember Daniel's like, oh, yeah, I thought you would like this movie because I think you could relate to it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I did not. I mean, I felt there were some intentional funny scenes in the movie because it is kind of a, it does have a dark comedy element to it. But uh, that scene was not funny. That was not one of the funny scenes to me. No. At that point, I was like, you're just like, whoa, they just went through this whole ordeal. And what the dad said, it wasn't even a joke. He was being sarcastic. He was just like, are you fucking stupid? That's what he was saying, you know? And it wasn't like, I'm throwing a joke here. So, yeah. And that, and I remember looking around the theater and looking at who was watching this movie with me. And it was a bunch of old white Swiss people. And who are definitely not poor, you know? Like, definitely not <laughs> poor. So, I felt like, and actually the family, um, I, so in this, the movie, a German family moves into the house and I think they're Swiss because there was a magnet, a Swiss magnet on the fridge. And I, in a way, I was like, interesting because that makes sense because Swiss people are, in terms of the German-speaking country, they're the fucking richest, you know? They're like the top-tier people, you know? So it was just really interesting to watch that kind of movie. I, I actually felt like it was cool to see it in the theaters at this point because even though I was annoyed by the audience reactions, I felt like it added an extra flavor to that cake. Like this act, this sprinkles of like reality of like, yeah, look at these people. Look at who chose to laugh at this scene. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. So, um, yeah, I, so, uh, that is a, uh, yeah, I think, uh, 
I mean, I watched it alone in my apartment, so I, I, I definitely did not experience that. That's a, it's an interesting a social, social experiment in a in movie yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think I've also never. I mean, the last movies I've seen in theater, it's just like, um, action movies. So, you don't really the reaction of the audience. I don't really think about, but in this movie particularly, it was it was actually really interesting to be like, oh, like who's watching it with me? Who thought it was funny? you know, and when it wasn't funny kind of thing. And so, yeah. There's a, it was also interesting in the movie how like the rich family thought their son was this genius, but he really was just kind of dumb and just spoiled and faking it. And, you know, the poor yeah, he was just as, yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. spoil, yeah he, he was, he, he just made crappy drawings and <laughs> they thought he was a genius. Like, and you know, actually the poor family, they were all extremely talented. Like, you know, the daughter was like making fake. We could e- could easily design fake degree, like fake degrees. The, yeah. The, the son was like, he, he he could basically talk himself into any good situation and put himself mm-hmm. anywhere good. Um, even mm-hmm. the even the dad with a career as a driver, like he's social enough where, you know, I mean, he could shoot the shit and get around pretty well, and he was able to even get like his wife a job pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It, 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 I think that's just another thing how like the super rich family were kind of very they were like the least talented characters yeah and that was something that they mentioned right in the beginning when the friend when he got him the job he was like yeah the wife is simple you know and then actually and then when they were hiring the guy to um, do tutor she was like the wife said something like yeah we actually don't really care about the grades it's not really important we don't really need it. And I think in a way it implied like, of course we don't need it. We're just going to buy our way into the university. This is more just a social thing of like, yeah, I give my babysitting really. That's what it was, you know? And, um, and I read something too about how I posted this article actually on Facebook, but it was about how like English was used as like this kind of social, like classist move so that she, the wife would constantly drop these English words to be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm smart. I, I'm rich. Cause I know English, you know what I mean? And even though it wasn't that good or just basic words, you know, but she would, it was almost like this thing of like to prove like, yeah, I'm like with it. And I read about how English actually was a huge, um, like a huge theme in the movie associated with the rich and like how the the dad like he had an English article written about him because English is like yeah if you think about it now they're like English is a global language but who can afford to take English classes or you know do that and stuff it's definitely yeah the people who can afford it the wealthy and stuff like that so oh and I also liked how they just when they first met the guy the wife's like oh this is our tutor we'll just call him Kevin or something like just give him this random English name doesn't matter and stuff and then so they were like okay well here's jessica <laughs> so it was yeah it's funny like the two most basic asian names which i loved so <laughs> kevin and jessica <laughs> yes <laughs> very white sounding names <laughs> yeah but it's like also the most like yeah it's funny how they choose it <laughs> and and i and it was interesting i don't know like the rich daughter was like kind of the only decent person in the family um, who was kind of most ignored, and then it was interesting. My favorite scene with her was when, like, 
they're at the party and you know kevin was basically uh he like like he like this showed like the big difference in their class where he was like does it look like mm-hmm. i even belong here mm-hmm. um, look at me mm-hmm. and, and, and she could not even like perceive that at all or anything yeah i think i actually felt like the children were the most so like least corrupted in that sense at the moment because of that innocence so like yeah the daughter she was she just so she didn't care about where this guy was from i mean she didn't really care about his background she was just like oh my god a guy you know so and then she really liked him so she's like yeah of course you fit in there you know, kind of thing and the son yes he was he was like a like not very bright but the thing is he was the only person who was in contact with the worker so he was in contact with the nanny the whole time that's how she got back and mm-hmm. she knew about the party and he knew like that whole thing where he saw the ghost and actually i got shivers when i realized this but remember when they the mom first shows, oh, this is a self-portrait that the son drew. But you realize it's the guy in the basement. <gasps> I got to rewatch that. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh. Like, actually, I remember thinking about it and I was like, oh, I got shivers when I realized. I still got shivers. It's like, it was a guy in the basement. Because she was like, I don't know. It looks like a monkey. And then the guy in the basement, he just like, I mean, he has really big eyes and he's bald and stuff. And so you're like, holy fuck, it was a guy. So he, the little son is actually the one who kind of. Interesting, he, like, sees everything, but he doesn't – and so, I don't know who I was talking to about it, but they said this is actually – oh, my sister, she was, like, there's this whole thing, like, see something, say something or something like that. And for some reason, the son, like, he can't do it because he was so traumatized. He would just go into seizure. So he actually sees everything, but he can't say it. And then he actually figures out the Morse code, but – he doesn't say, I don't know why. He, I mean, he's just, fuck, oh, first of all, he's six years old, but he doesn't say anything. So he actually is aware of what's happening. Something is happening, but he doesn't understand what is happening and doesn't say it, you know? So the kid, so he actually was a key to all this because he saw the, he was the one who kept in touch with the nanny. And yes, and he's actually met the ghost. Oh my God, that scene. Oh my God. The part where she tells like, oh, when the sun meets the ghost and the guy just rises from the basement <laughs> that fucking so oh my god it's a scare i was like fuck that is so scary and daniel was convinced it was not a real person he thought it was a puppet because he was like i can't be a real person and i was like dude it was him it was same eyes it was so scary and of course it was him we i later made daniel go back to the video and he found <laughs> the scene but like whoa that's why i was like this guy is such a good actor because he didn't like how he moved, like when you know what the part where he was like running or something, it was so fucking creepy. And this guy, like, he didn't even have like a scary mask face. You know how sometimes a lot of like horror movies, the guys just like they just look really they are disfigured, and it's not. It was just this guy's face. He just made himself look really creepy. Shit, he hasn't and been out. The, he hasn't been outside in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, and then the part actually, what was so oh, I was just like. I was both very scared, but very like, this is great acting. But the part when, yeah, when he was showing the guy walking up the stairs and he was, he was the one turning on the lights where he was just repeatedly slamming his head into the lights. I was just like, fuck, this is so fucked up. And so like, oh my God. So good. Yeah. So I gave it five stars. Five stars. Of course. I believe I gave it four and a half. Okay. Um, I give it five. No, I mean it's up there. Like, it, and I think it was definitely the best movie I seen last year. Um, I like Jojo Rabbit, but I think this one took the cake. 
completely. Yep. Jo- I think after I saw this, I forgot I saw Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> I forgot we watched that together. <laughs> yeah, because you were saying you've only seen action movies. I don't know if you would consider that yeah. an action movie. Yeah, so I totally forgot about Jojo Rabbit. Um, yeah, this is... Yeah, this I get it. Why it won all the Oscars? I get it. Like it was, it was really good. And I I read that they're remaking it now into an American movie already. Yeah. So apparently Mark Ruffalo is being casted, and it, it was also approved by the director. But yeah, I'm a bit. I'm like, all right, of course, because that you know. Oh, interestingly enough, this movie sparked. So what I caught on Twitter and stuff, or social media too. It actually created a huge like debate about subtitles in America. That was something that was never really talked about. And this movie, because a lot of people didn't want to, because first of all, this movie was not dubbed. It was, you had to read the subtitles and a lot of people didn't like it because they had to, to read the subtitles. So there was this huge debate about it. Um, and I think in the end, they're, I mean, they're probably going to remake it because People don't want to read subtitles, you know, and I think I think that's a huge reason why they're doing it because seriously, fuck people who don't like. So I, I don't understand. I never understood that. Oh, so oh, wait, going off subject for a second. Uh, actually, looked at my letterbox review of Parasite. I actually did give it five stars. I just forgot that I did. <laughs> In retrospect, you're like, eh, half star. No, down, it's, no, it's just that, because yeah, it's five so stars. It, it's so rare for me to give a movie five stars that every time oh, I rank a movie okay. high, I just assume it's four and a half. But I actually. But if I rate, but when I rated it, when I saw it, I, I actually did give it five stars. So, all right, okay. I'm, I'm sticking by that. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Wait, like, what is the deal with people who don't like? I don't under like when I watch a movie that's not in English, I I forget that I'm reading subtitles. I'm just like watching the movie. Um, yeah, it, that's a thing. Like, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Is it a thing where I don't know? I don't want to be a dick, but are are those just people who can't are just slow readers? Because I I don't understand. I, I just I literally I'm not thinking about. I'm re- watching it. I know I'm reading it, but I'm not thinking about it. I think so because um, I remember my mom used to hate subtitles because she really literally said like I can't read that fast. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> <It must> be- <laughs> but to her point, she English isn't her first language, so we'll give her that. Um, but yeah i think and i think that answered a lot that part of the debate was like why is that why america's america's are america's always remaking foreign films and i would say the answer is yes and then the, the downside to that is that the people who are not watching the original films assume it's an american film and assume american films are the best because they're like oh yeah america makes all these great films but you're like uh yeah this was a copy of another movie that was perfectly fine and they just remade it because I think part of it is, I mean, it's always in someone's best interest to like redo something and sell it as their own, right? So, yeah. or like make profit out of it. So that's one thing. But I think to the benefit, how they benefited from that is because, yeah, some people don't want to watch foreign movies because they don't want to read subtitles. And um, I really think that's it because that's usually the when i when people say oh i watch it dubbed or something and i say why they're like oh, i just don't feel like i don't feel like reading it right now like that's the main argument so i would say yes that's why and to be fair not to be it wasn't a problem but when i first uh when we parasite first came on the screen when we started uh in switzerland it was in english and german so there were two subtitles 
And I was not going to lie, the first second, three seconds, I was a bit like, oh, because I was like, oh, my God, I have to, there's two lines that I have to navigate. But right away, you know, you just ignore, you read the line that is relevant to you and you don't even, yeah, like, I did not take away from the intensity of this movie at all. You know, nothing. It just, the initial reaction was like, oh, two lines of languages. Okay. But right after, you just fall into the movie and yeah, no problem. Yeah. But good point about like i hate how like you're right with the remakes no one even knows what the original um and they make remakes so quickly now like do you remember that uh yep. swedish movie uh, the vampire one let the right one in yes um one uh, one year later they did an american re- remake called let me in um a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't even know about the about like let the right one in. Um, I've never watched, and, you yeah. know, I, and I don't like watching the American remakes. I've seen the original one. The Swedish one is fantastic. It's like it's one of the best modern vampire movies. Or uh, there's also like uh, the Dragon Tattoo movies. Like people were pissed, yeah. like like people were pissed off that uh you know there was never a sequel. But it's like you know what? If you watch the original series, they they actually made movies of all the books already. You could watch them all. Yeah, and they're all solid. Yeah. <sighs> And then yeah. there's a there's a do you know that uh Martin Scorsese movie The Departed? Uh-huh. It's a remake of uh the Hong Kong movie Infernal Affairs. Uh-huh. Which is an awesome Hong Kong like police crime drama. It's it's fucking crazy. And uh I and I know Martin Scorsese is like considered one of the best directors and I think that one has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. In it. And, that, and right. like and and people love it and they never even like one of my friends says it's one of his favorite movies but he's never watched infernal affairs mm-hmm. and it's just like i don't know it's just so annoying that all these re- that you know even if they want to put their own staff on it like at least know where it came from yeah that's that's my main beef when it comes to american remakes like i understand if it was a movie from like the 20s or like or it was a movie couple like 10 years ago and it wasn't that great and someone was like there's more potential i can do it a better version okay fair but if it was already a solid movie and you're only remaking it because you 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 yourself don't have the idea to make a better movie you're taking someone else's idea i also it's not like you're even take this you're not just taking the idea from the foreign film like the country you're actually stripping that identity and i feel like like I don't, I'm sure other countries do remakes, but I don't think they do remakes like Americans do remakes. Like the amount of remakes American film does, I feel like you, you kind of lie to the people and kind of tell people, yeah, America's great. Look at our cool movies, you know. And it's like, I think that's why people always say Americans live in this bubble and they forget that there's more to the world because everything is just brought to them. You yeah. know, even the movies that you you can see that are so amazing, languages that you you can hear, everything like culture that's all taken away and put into a convenient little American box and served to the people. So people were like, "Yeah, I like my American movies because I can relate to it now." But it's like you take away so much when you do that. You know, like you. I feel like, yeah, I really feel that people just forget there's other types, there's culture out there. And actually, ooh, going back to Parasite, one thing that I found really refreshing and super just, I always just remember thinking I've never seen this, was, so the whole cast is like Korean, right? And yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of foreign films that often. So for me, I was like, oh, it's really refreshing to see 
like Asians on screen behaving like people. Like just a family. Like it's a yeah, a twisted family, but there's so much range, you know, because I think so far what I've been seeing right now, like um like Yes, there's more Asian representation in the media and stuff, but I feel like when it comes to these things, we're still very typecasted into these really... Okay, yeah, we've expanded from the nerdy Asian, you know? Like, we're expanding, but now it's like, okay, they're the villain. Whoop-de-doo. Like, it's always, like, these kind of rigid roles. But here, because the cast was all Korean, everything, everyone was just being human and people, and it was just... So, and I also thought it was really cool for other people to see, like, I, be- I bet it broke a lot of stereotypes as well, because there's a stereotype that all Asians are rich or something, right? Like, all Koreans are rich, all that stuff. But you're like, no, like, yes, the rich, you only see the rich ones because they're the ones traveling and stuff. But there's a huge, you know, there's a working class. There's, like, the poor class, everything. So I felt like it was a it was a tap into, like, this other society that people don't normally get to see and stuff, which I find super important. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, it felt normal to me. I love watching foreign films. <laughs> um, <You're> like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I do think you have a good point. Like, one of the cool things of how Parasite is probably, I would think, the biggest foreign movie in the United States in years, um, which still boggles my mind of why it's getting remade because, like, everyone's heard of it. Like, nope. Like this is like if, if there's like one popular foreign movie that does not need to be remade, it's Parasite because it's famous enough yeah. or it's everyone's heard of it. Like it's the it's the best picture. Like, um, and, it, and it's they still want to remake it, and I'm sure it's going to be changed into like, you know, they're going to do. I don't know. I can already see. Oh, the, black, the poor family's going to be black. They're going to and they're they're, they're going to add all these like typical, you know, American class stuff to it now and the same story we've seen a million times instead of like this unique one that a lot of people outside of Korea might not have seen it before. Yeah. I'm like actually Googling. Uh, I want to make sure if it's, yeah, they're, they have a release date. HBO's doing it. I want to see if it's going to be a movie. Cause there, I think I read that they would, it would be, it's a series. They're making a series. Oh. And like a sequel. And I guess Bong is on, he's in it. So I guess it's not too bad. He's like part of it, but well, still. Series like, is at least better because at least they're, yeah. they're leaving the movie alone. Yeah. This is a little cast. Okay. Interesting. Okay. That's better. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, why would you make this perfect cake? It's going to just be a lesser cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna right, be well, better. Um, I, I don't know if I'll see it, but uh, I mean, yeah. Bong has done worked with international. He did. He he did a uh, Snowpiercer. Okay, so that was a thing where I was like, oh my god, there's like I feel like the dots are connecting because. So I was listening to our old episodes. Um, I think last week I was listening to I listened to the, basically listened to the episode where I talked about oh I should watch Snowpiercer for my Christmas movie or something like that. And this was before Parasite. And we were talking about Snowpiercer for a bit. And later, I don't know, I think I was reading something and I was like, oh my God, he directed Snowpiercer. Now I really want to watch it, you know? And um, well, I think it was when I was reading about Parasite. And then I also found out he directed Okja. Okja or something? It was this Netflix movie that actually was about 
um, it was about like the farming industry and stuff, but it got, it got really famous because everyone's like, Oh my God, after you watch this, you, you want to be vegan or something like that. And I didn't really watch it. Cause the, the way they described it, I was like, Oh, it must be gross. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> but I think he directed that as well. So I was like, Oh wow. He actually, he's been like, that's, that's the thing. Like he's been in this doing stuff in America and like what well, people are watching it, but no one just knew. I think, Parasite put his name on like the radar and stuff because no one knew who directed these movies and stuff. But it was they were all very big movies and stuff like that and did really well. Like I guess for an American audience or non, yeah, so international audience. So yeah, that was like mind blowing. I didn't know he did all this stuff already and yeah. But- Oh, here's hoping, like, you know, with this Oscar win. I mean, I, I don't really like the Oscars, but it would be really cool if they just, you know, just start putting more international movies in the running for Best Picture. Um, it, you know, I think that would just, even get, I don't know, I, I've always felt weird how there's like an in, a Best International movie or Best Foreign movie. Like, let's just, man, I think, you know, get people to watch movies all over the world. Yeah, I really think if we did that, the world would be a better place. I really think so. Because the way, um, actually, so one of the things I used to do with a friend that I, I miss doing was um, I would go to her place and we would say, let's, she loved to watch did, uh, dinner. She loved to watch movie and make food. And so we were like, okay, how about let's choose based on what we want to eat. Let's choose a movie from that region. So I actually, so with, when it comes to food, it's very it's varied. So then we'd be like, oh, let's watch this Vietnamese movie or let's watch this like I think I watched this like I forgot what other movie. Um, and these were movies I would never normally watch because I'm just watching what I've heard of or what's been recommended to me and stuff. And I was like, wow, like the Vietnamese movie was so nice. And it was just like I was like, wow, I like you really empathize with people, you know, because you see, that's the thing. Like, I think if you don't watch a lot of foreign movies and you're not very in touch with the world, then of course you're, you're going to think your reality is the best and only reality. Whereas if you see other people just living their lives and not in a typecasted way of like how, if you know what I mean? Like if you brought these actors to an American movie, they would just be typecasted into a role, but this is just people living their lives. It's about like a Vietnamese family, whatever. Um, and you're just like, I don't know. I was just like, wow, I've like not, cause I've not been to Vietnam, you know, I've, I have Vietnamese friends, but that doesn't say anything. So it's like really, it was just like, wow. Like if we just saw people just live like people, I think we would, I think people would be less afraid of like the unknown, you know, because that's mm. where racism stems from. It's fear of the unknown. And when you just see people like, they're just like you and you and me, we're just, doing our thing or 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 not like they're going through some shitty times like you know so yeah what i want to see a vietnamese movie uh what movie was this called it was called i'm gonna look i'll send you let me check it was i wrote all this in my hong kong diary back then when i had the blog let me just check because i want to mention the other movies i already forgot what country it was from but i also liked it a lot um, let's see. I had a whole section about movies. Okay. Okay. It was called The Vertical Ray of the Sun. 
It was in 2000. And it was just about a family, I think, opening up a cafe or something. It won, oh, it won a lot of um, awards and stuff. Well, it won some awards. So it says, let me just see. The vertical ray of the sun. Stand by, folks. We are getting information. We're not having dead air here. (laughs) 2000. Okay, wait. Information. Okay, it's... I'm trying to look for the best... uh, Okay, I'll just read the summary. Um, With the brilliant Vietnamese summer as a setting, Vertical Ray of the Sun is beautiful from beginning to end. The plot centers around three sisters, two of whom are happily married, or so it appears. The youngest sister is single and living with her cute older brother, whom she is... What? She's in love with her brother? (laughs) A second sister just married to a man who has another woman and child elsewhere whom he loves just as much as his wife. With a few conditions, she agrees to carry on with the marriage. The third sister and her husband are overjoyed to discover she is pregnant, and though he is tempted, her husband remains loyal to her. Charming, slow-paced, face-value family saga film. So I guess it's just... It was just like kind of a slice-of-life type of film. Like, I mean, the plot is very simple. It's just about, like, three sisters and what they're dealing with. (laughs) But... I think because also I've not seen, I've not been to Vietnam. I don't know what the culture is like. So for me, it was a nice, like, um, just like peek at what it is. And I, and I think we talked about this movie before, actually, in more, like probably our old, older, super old episodes, because I was like, the scene, the scenes were so beautiful. The, the cafes were so cute. And I think that's what you had mentioned to me. Yeah. Like in Vietnam, they have all these like really cool cafes and stuff, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. So I feel like when you watch these movies, yeah, it's like, Oh, like I didn't know that I assumed it would be like this, but there's also these little pockets. It's just like anywhere else. Right. In the world, in a way where you assume it's like this, this, it's going to look like this kind of city, but yeah. So I didn't know that she was in love with her older brother. Now I want to watch the movie. Interesting. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I looked at the movie here on Letterboxd, and the director is actually um, did a an adaptation of a a, a Murakami book um, of one of his of his book Norwegian Wood. Really? So this, even though, yeah, so it's a Japanese. So you did a Japanese movie, um, even though the director is uh, Vietnamese. Ah. And uh, the book, the book is really good. I've read the book. Um, so, oh, so yeah, I I definitely want to see uh the vertical ray of the sun i i I miss me some vietnamese cafes so i'm I'm down to see some stories and see some um i guess see some uh brother sister love stories (laughs) okay yeah i don't remember that but okay maybe the synopsis is off if you don't because i feel like that's something you would remember yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, and I found the other movie I watched. I actually gave it 4.5 out of 5. So it's called West Beirut. So it's it was a Lebanese film. I've never seen a Le- – I don't know anything about Lebanese culture. So I remember seeing this and really uh, – I loved it. And it was about, I guess, war-torn um, Lebanon and stuff. Uh, yeah, I gave it a really good review. So I should rewatch this one as well because <laughs> I really liked it. Um, yeah, I think that was another movie I saw because it was like just insights to a culture, a language I'd never heard of, you know, and it was, yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, your, I mean, your point right there is pretty solid though. How like, I think if you, 
fo- like foreign movies is that watching a lot of foreign movies is a kind of a way to travel when you can't travel because you could see other <gasps> cultures. Um, yeah. And you know, when you move to, I mean, you've gotten this question when people ask you when you move somewhere, like, oh, weren't you nervous? Weren't you scared? Um, I think what, like, one of the reasons it never even occurred to me to be nervous about these kind of things is because I think I just grew up watching movies. I've seen so many movies from, you know, all these different countries. Um, I mean, like, my, my dad used to show me, like, Hong Kong kung fu movies from the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Like, so it's like, even so even so the idea of going somewhere that I've never been, it's like, well, I've seen movies from it. So I know, like, people are not so different there's no reason to be afraid of nothing but now i'm thinking about for example why are there so many people in america obsessed with um like britain right with british stuff it's because we see a lot of those fucking movies you know so suddenly there's this fascination with like oh my god i love the accent you know i love everything about it because yeah it's like what are we being shown you know, what What kind of movies are, are making it to America? And a lot of it was the British movies. And, um, and yeah, and you see a spike in, like, Anglophiles. Like, I knew I had so many friends who were just obsessed with um, British everything. And, yeah, and then also, like, this whole, like, why do people think France or French people are so, like, romantic? The movies, you know? So it's, like, everything is it's what we're being shown. And I think those are two main places that I guess American movies are shown, but we don't see other stuff, you know, like, and I just had a really cool idea next time when I travel or anyone, if you travel, maybe watch a, a movie from uh, that the place you're going to go to. And uh, yeah, because the movies I chose, of course, they were like, it was just any movie. It was kind of like, oh, it had pretty good reviews, you know, and yeah, I'm curious. So yeah, there's so many things to be learned and experienced before you actually even experience the country. That's a good, that's, that's a, that's a good idea. Like, yeah, before you go somewhere, watch, watch, a, yeah, watch a movie from that country. Um, when you were talking about like Anglophiles, it's funny when people put that little, uh, that, that ideal vision in their head where, I, I mean, I've met British people here in China and they're and, and like, you know, nowhere's perfect. They're like, so I'm like, why did you come to China? They're like, Oh God, it's boring as fuck back home. I wanted to get out of there. Yeah. So like it it is yeah. it is not some magical place. Um yeah, I, I think so it, I mean I like Harry Potter, but I I've never been a super Anglo Anglophile, is that the word? Anglophile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anglo yeah. Um Yeah, I think even like last year, last time I went to Korea, I, I, I watched some Korean movies of my favorite Korean director. Um Hong Song Su, some of his movies before I went uh-huh. to Korea just to get in the mind and like get excited for it a little bit. And there's some good, there's some good is- Israeli movies that I saw before I visited my mm-hmm. brother before. Oh, that's cool. So you, you've been, I mean, you watch a lot of movies, so you've been doing it already. I think that's something I will start to do for myself because it just sounds fun. It sounds fun. And it could also encourage me to maybe like, Oh, my next destination will be based on which movie I liked really good. Like my, <laughs> you know, that I picked that I really liked. Maybe I'll go there, you know, and yeah. I mean, that's happened to me where, dude, dude, oh my God. Like, I haven't been there yet. And I, I talked about this movie on the podcast, how um, this movie called Sidewalls is an Argentinian movie. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like a romantic comedy. Um, 
like an indie romantic it has that kind of feel to it and um mm-hmm. I, I actually had never just thought of visiting buenos aires in my life like it's just like i've heard of it it's a big city it was just never on my mm-hmm. radar so i was just never interested but i saw that mm-hmm. movie i really loved it and it made the city really seem really cool and um mm-hmm. now like buenos aires is one of the cities that's like I, like probably within the next five years it'll be somewhere that i definitely will go because wow. i i really want i I, I, it's like somewhere I just want to check out just because I really enjoyed that movie. And it's like, all right, I want to go there and check it out, walk around. Yeah, because that's the thing too. Like, again, when you talk about like Argentina, I get a picture in my head and it really, it's just of a random city, like just city, you know? <laughs> and I don't, so I don't have a connection with it. I feel like, ah, oh, there's other places I want to go to. But you watch a movie and it, t- it literally takes you there you see the people, you hear the language, you, I don't know, you see the food, I don't know, like, you, and you're just like, holy fuck, I am intrigued, like, this is really cool, like, because, I mean, yeah, there's so many places in the world when you say stuff, like, ideas pop into your head, and I think there's, that's the reason why certain people want to go to other places, because they have an idea of what it's going to be like, but about the places you have no idea about, like, if you just, yeah, if you open your mind to it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like it. Even for places, Good idea. even for places uh-huh. that seem boring too, like um, that movie, that John Favreau movie, Chef. You know uh-huh. that movie. In that movie, he travels to Florida and he starts making Cuban food. And it's like, you know, I, I've never had any interest in ever going to Florida. Like, what? We have Disneyland. So I don't care about Disney World. They're all into guns there. Um, you always hear the worst stories from Florida, but now it's like, I kind of want to go to Florida and eat some bomb ass Cuban food and check it out. You know what's super funny? So all the Swiss people only go to Florida. <laughs> why? It's bizarre. I don't know why. I've never been there. I was like, oh, I've been in America. I've been. To, I've met so actually not just Swiss like Europeans. I met so many of them. We're like, oh yeah, I've been to America once. I went to Florida, and it's like I've never even been to Florida. It's like what's so interesting about Florida? And I think because from that for them, it's the closest to like beach party Miami because it is on the, the east coast yeah and I think for us I'm like I'd rather go I don't want to go to Florida Florida from what I heard is not nice um I have a friend living there she doesn't like it so um does she, it's, does she live in Miami yeah, or like the shit part I think she lives in the shit part because she's studying for med school or something like that and she was put there as a resident so she's forced to live there <laughs> and then she's just like oh my god she's like everyone's so racist here it's not great um yeah so it's definitely not on my radar at the mo but uh maybe yeah that's why maybe the people see all this stuff like the europeans see like oh like miami beach like i don't know like will smith like you know all that stuff <laughs> and smith. they're like i want to go there it looks really fucking cool and you're like okay this is not the florida i know but yeah okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was it yeah it- well, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why even Miami, I think Miami is pretty multicultural. But even then, it's like, well, Miami is not that different from California, at least from what it looks. So don't have to go there now. Yeah, I think when we come from, especially if you're, we come from like West Coast, L.A., blah, 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 like, I feel like I'd rather go back to L.A. You know, like, I don't want to go there. And I heard it's also very humid. It doesn't sound great. Mm-hmm. Actually, the only reason I would go there is because I want to see crocodiles. Crocodiles. I want to go to the Everglades. Wait, what? What are? Sure. What, what are the? What's the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? I still don't. know. I don't know. I think I say crocodiles, but maybe I mean alligators. <laughs> I think it has to do with the snout, like how long. Uh, I'm gonna Google it. Difference 
between alligator. Should, and shouldn't crocodile. they just both be the same animal with just like a different variation? Like we don't we don't call okay. we don't call like pigeons and cockatiels two different animals because they're different. <laughs> well, they are technically it's a pigeon and a, cro- uh, a crocodile, pigeon and a, a cockatiel, right? It's two different birds, but yeah. they're the. Different. Uh, oh yeah, I guess crocodile. Yeah, I guess they're both lizards, right? Like, I yep, they're lizards. Okay, they're two reptiles. They don't look or behave the same, so apparently they're super different. Um, so they said that the eight ways. I'll just go through the quick one. Are they fucking? Is oh, wait, the are, are, the, are they fucking joking when they say they don't look the same? Is that? That's what they said. They don't look or behave the same. Well, I'm I mean, looking look at, at photos look like, here, and they look the same. <laughs> Oh no, they do. They kind of look different. Wait, not really. Okay, never mind. But shape of a snout, uh, the crocodile snout is pointed and V-shaped, and the alligators is a wide and U-shape. Location: alligators are only found in U.S. and China, whereas crocodiles can be found around. Oh, so actually, what I mean when I say the Everglades, I want to see alligators because it's in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Habitat: crocodiles prefer water that is more saline or salty than the alligators prefer fresh water. Uh, water toothy grin crocodiles can't hide their teeth but alligators can sometimes hide their teeth size a few oh so crocodiles are way bigger color crocodiles are generally lighter in color speed crocodiles are slower behavior alligator is so crocodiles are basically the more crazy big they're like aggressive and stuff and alligators are chill since from what i'm reading about it and now i'm looking at this picture and i think alligators are super cute i'm super they're like cute they're like like little you mouth is so cute i'm gonna look at pictures of alligators now (laughs) i'm surprised there's not like a crappy like sci-fi channel movie called like alligator versus crocodile is there not I feel like I've seen it. Like I feel like I've heard of something. Like no, I mean, that should that has to, there has to. I mean, there's definitely horror films like B movies that are about crocodiles and alligators killing people, but there's not one called Crocodile versus Alligator. Which come on, that, that's that's like obvious. How do you not have that movie? Like they have Mega Shark. Just... They have Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. That's all I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even real. I just realized something when I was looking at the pictures. So actually, an alligator, its face looks more like a croc shoe than a crocodile. So the croc shoe misnamed their brand. They should be because the crocodile has a more pointy mouth, whereas the alligator actually looks like the shoe of like the crocs. Uh, Oh, interesting. They got to rebrand themselves. They got to rebrand themselves and call themselves like alligators or make the shoe look different. Make it pointier. Make a pointy <laughs> shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did not think we'd be talking about alligators versus crocodiles on this episode. <laughs> Anything can happen. I'm usually awkward. <laughs> and uh, we've reached the, the two hour mark. Yes. Of recording. Um, and I'm about to get some dinner now. I'm about to eat some, well, it's lunch now. I was going to say breakfast, but it's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, damn, I think for like our first, uh, our first, our first recorded podcast of the year, because 
our first Skype podcast because the, our first、yes. of the year was live. It's pretty solid. Two hours in. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And I saw, so when I was looking at the, when I went to、uh, listen to us, I saw that you had made a, a recording with Michael. I have not listened to that yet, so I will. Oh,、um, yes, yes.、Um, me yes, and Ma- you did. Me, me and Michael were talking a couple weeks ago, and,、um, you know, he was looking because, so Michael's podcast changed format. Instead of having one, I guess, like his, his、uh, co host bailed. So he's been.、Aww. So now all his episodes. So he, he kind of switched his format, and every episode of his podcast has a new guest. Like he's just getting different <gasps> friends to tell their stories. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I want to be a guest. <laughs> you should. Oh, okay. He might hit you up for that because he's, he, he's, 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 he's been asking. So.、Um, <gasps> yes. He, he might、me. ask you. And、uh, so, yeah, he, he asked me a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, I'll do your podcast, but you know. I think we gotta get a little something for us too. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a dual、yeah. episode where you know you can put it on your feed, but I'm also gonna put it on <gasps> our feed too. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay, so it was the same episode on both channels. Yeah.、Um, the, ah, o- the only、cool. difference is his has different music choices than our, <laughs> like, his does not have、oh. like, the mutually awkward opening, it has like other songs.、Um, yeah. We can see how the Broke brothers differ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Interesting. So,、uh, yeah, people could check that out.、Uh, them, that, and this.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, yeah, guys, so、uh, until next time,、uh, keep it awkward. Bye. It was raining outside, so I cleaned house today. Spent half of the morning. Throwing old things away. Try not to get caught. Try to think like a machine. Focus in on the task. Try not to think about what it means. Can't get you out of my head. Lost without you.
What are the years we 